Hey guys, how's it going? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us today. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're going to have another round of listening to credits music. This is credits three in uh, episode 124 on the podcast. Can you believe it, Will? We've done, this is our 124th episode. That's crazy. We've come a yeah, long way. it really way. feels like our 123rd. It's just, <laughs> time flies, you Yeah, know? this is the third installment of credits music. And, and we've talked about this before, but one of the reasons we have so many of these, you know, there's a lot of topics where we've only done one. You're like, oh, why are they doing three volumes of credits music? Because honestly, this is a subgenre of video game music that is so dense and so of such a high level and such a high caliber. Usually some of the best, most like intricately composed music for especially for old school video games are the credits themes. Well, and it's a very broad criteria that you can safely assume almost every single game has. Right. Um, whether good or not, you know, having most games have a title screen and most games have uh, credits. So, you know, just the pool of um, games that you can pick from is much larger than it's actually, really any other subgenre. The only challenge with this kind of a topic is it's so it's so large that it's actually overwhelming. So guys, we know that there's so many games that we that we could have featured from. One of the things we did today, we kind of had this idea, and I'm kind of glad we're doing this. You guys probably remember in the past for credits, you know, we did old stuff, modern stuff. Today, we're only going to do old school, 8-bit and 16-bit tracks, because we just kind of were in the mood for some classic, great kind of retro heyday of video game music. Yeah, so there's not going to be any modern stuff What today. you heard us playing in with was the end credits from Castlevania 3. Now that's just a legendary 8-bit theme. That so whole good. soundtrack is fantastic. And we were playing uh, the North American version, um, so it doesn't have those doesn't have VRC expansion, yeah. channels. But I really love this version, especially when the drums come in, because I feel like, uh, you know, Hip Tanaka always talks about it's like the one time where you can kind of break down the, um, you know, the mood of the music of the game is during the credits. And then what's... Yeah, ironic about that. It kind of sounds like a hip Tanaka credits theme, right. doesn't it there? But what I like about it, it starts off very much in tradition with Castlevania music. It really feels like it's trying to maintain that almost church-like quality. But, but then there's when a the lot drums more, kick in... There's a lot more hope because, you know, it's yeah. in a major key. It's not scary But then when those anymore. drums kick in, it really makes mm -hmm. it feel like, okay, this game is over and it's sort of yeah, rewarding so, you. So we will have some classic credits themes today. But one of the other things that I was interested in doing, because we've already had two of these before, and honestly... You know, to be honest, we've played some of our absolute favorite credits themes already. I wanted to, to kind of dig a little bit deeper into some things that maybe you haven't heard. They're probably from games that we've played before that you've heard, but maybe you're not familiar with the credits music. So there's going to be some deep cuts today as well. It's going to be a nice balance. So, yeah, you guys heard the credits from Castlevania 3 that was composed by Hidenori Miyazawa, Jun Funahashi, and Yuki Morimoto. Let's get things started here. We're going to play a track. Um, this is a really well-known and popular, one of the most, in my opinion, classic classic tracks we're playing today. This is the ending credits from F-Zero for the Super Nintendo. And this particular track was composed by Naoto Ishida. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Thank you. 
gosh, that track puts me in such a good mood. You're listening to the ending credits from F-Zero for the SNES. Now, um, this game was actually a collaboration. This particular track was composed by composed by Naoto Ishida, but Yumiko Kanki did some of the most well-known tracks. This is one of my favorite tracks. It's such a great, it's very simple and very short, but this game is, for my, in my opinion, the perfect level of challenging. It's, it's hard, but it's not ridiculously hard. So if you do beat this game, this is a nice musical reward for, you know, the work that you put in. You know what I love about the original F-Zero, and I think this is the reason why we made that tribute album, is it's just, uh, it's way more, you know, it's like a two parts jazz, two parts rock, but it feels like way more jazz than rock, where and like also, the later games in the series just took the rock thing. In addition to having the nice jazz influence, it's more poppy. It's right. just catchy and fun, it's not quite as trying to be cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the great things, one of the reasons we want to do 8-bit and 16-bit music today because one of the things I love about this era of video game music fun. is it's fun and it's like maybe they were trying to be cool but this is cool in 1991 and that's very different than cool in 2014. Right. Uh, especially, you know, being cool on a, you know, Super Nintendo sample channel. Anyway, now we're going to move on to um, definitely a lesser known track. This is from a game that I love the soundtrack for, Jewel Master for the Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah. And if you guys remember, Jewel Master was composed by the wonderful Motoaki Takanochi, who we've talked a lot about in the Shining Force series. But this is such a great soundtrack for the Genesis. The title theme... I actually, I like Jewel Master better than the Shining yeah? Force stuff. Jewel Master is so good. This is the ending credits theme from Jewel Master. It's called To Be Over, composed by Motoaki Takanochi. that little motif that he keeps harkening back to with different chords and different contexts love this track very jazzy playful you're listening to to be over from jewel master this is the credits theme composed by motowaki takanochi this is a really unique piece of music i'm glad that we got to include this on today's playlist what are your initial thoughts on this will yeah, I sort of like all the experimentation. It's definitely not by the books. Uh, it, and this composer to me, it fits known the vibe of the game, though. I really He's a like very it. progressive and experimental composer yeah. in this era. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of fun to hear that type of um, idealistic composition on the Genesis. I think that's the other thing it's that rare. makes Takanochi so special, is that the Genesis... To me, as far as game music goes, was actually the most by the books. You know, mm -hmm. so many composers went for the same exact kind of tropes. 
And uh, that's what's so surprising when you hear his work because it's it's not only different than all of that, but in the realm of video game music mm-hmm. as a whole, it feels very unique. What I like about Takenochi is, uh, and, and it's really evident in Jewel Master, because it's not, I don't think it's an RPG, you know, unlike the Shining Force series, he is able to have rock influence, obviously, there, but it's still just as interesting and, like, crafted and finely composed as his Shining Force stuff. So I like to hear the mixture of, you know, some dissonance, some experimental progressive kind of music mixed with some just really nice rock um backbeat and like rhythm section well, i think it's like any video game music that we like where you know combining of genres where it's like maybe you get the chord aesthetic or like mm-hmm. the type of melodies from one genre but then the rhythmic groove or the things kind of underneath yeah. play it in a different direction and that's what's kind of fun is this is very experimental and you could see this being more like orchestral as but far as like the harmonics he's going there's for something but yeah, catchy really about it rocks it grooves yep. it grooves really hard that ostinato that kind of throws you off place as yeah. far as where um the beat is is also very catchy and really effective so yeah pretty much today uh we're limiting it to we have nes stuff snes genesis we have one gba track i think we have one pc88 track in one game boy or no not original game boy so i think that's it as far as the consoles let's move on to an nes track now i know we just had a great konami track we're going to do another one from some of the same composers as that castlevania 3 soundtrack this is also Hidenori miyazawa and yuki morimoto this is gradius 2 Uh, for the NES, and we're going to play the credits theme from this second game in this long-running shooter series. This is Farewell. Let's take a listen. That is a solid piece of music. These are such talented composers. It, Will was just really t- struck by how much this sounds like Castlevania 3, both in the implementation and the composition. You guys are listening to Farewell from Gradius 2, composed by Hidenori Miyazawa and Yuki Morimoto. Just some absolute masters of Konami 8-bit music. Yeah, I, I, I'm really struck with how the delay is working on that arpeggio because I think it's using one pulse channel to do that. I think it's because the notes are so staccato. Mm-hmm. It's able, like, somehow they were able to figure out the exact distance and volume that the note delay would be able to occur. Yeah, and we make were it wondering, and actually authentic. I'm not sure whether or not this utilizes a little bit of VRC7 or not. I don't not. think it does. You don't think it does? Because they have a different kind of timbre, those mm-hmm. um, instruments do. But yeah, it's definitely so 
so distinctly those Castlevania three composers because they're even using the exact same DPCM. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so signature. It's just like you could put this in Castlevania three, and most people would not be able to tell yeah, the difference. Samples are it's, just. So I classic. love this era of Konami eight bit music. It's so great, and yeah, this maybe isn't quite as classic, um, you know, in the scheme of things. But for me, it sounds every bit as well. Classic, to me, it's like the know? one difference. If this was in Castlevania three, that third chord would be mm-hmm. diminished. <laughs> That's the only difference. That's funny. No, but it's so great, and we've never played this. Uh, most of the really most of the tracks today, about ninety percent of the stuff we've never played at all on the podcast before. There's some things we've played uh, quite a bit ago, but that's one we've never ever played. So now let's play another track we've never played. This is from Super Mario Kart. We actually have two really oh, cool tracks from Soyo Oka, and Soyo Oka is such a talented composer from the SNES era for yeah, Nintendo. I was reminded this past week because you know we love her music so much, but I we never played uh, the credits to some of mm-hmm. her most famous Super Nintendo. Games. So let's do that. So let's play the credits from Super Mario Kart. Uh, really quite an innovative yeah, racer. We're going to play the whole thing since it's rather short. And pay mm-hmm. attention to the last, you know, 10 or 20 seconds. That's the it's really, really cool part. Awesome. Yeah, and, and before, before we play, I just want to say one of the unique things about credits music. A lot of the tracks today have actual endings yeah. and are fairly decent. Yes, so we're going right. to play the whole That's thing. That's another for a thing lot to talk about that makes this music different is uh, oftentimes. And yeah, Marty discussed this, I think, in one of the Marty's Corners. But the nature of looped music, what that means emotionally is very interesting. But this is music with a concrete beginning and end, often yep. with a complicated form where it won't return to previous melodies. So it's melodies. yet another reason why this music is so musically interesting that it it's warrants having all these episodes. Yeah, on I really it. do think that's why w- before we had this podcast, I remember you know the video game music that I would listen to was primarily you know title and credits music. Right. The credits music was usually the most uh, inherently musical out of all the tunes. And it in makes the game. sense when you think about it. So let's take a listen to the credits from Super Mario Kart. That is so cool. You guys, just listen to the credits from Super Mario Kart composed by the wonderful Soyo Oka. How about that ending? It's so wild. So yeah. many tempo changes. I really love it at the end. Ending. It really captures the spirit of fun that this original Super Mario Kart game has. And just, I love 
getting all of the sort of Latin music elements that she uses throughout the soundtrack in are very, very similar chord movement in a lot of the tracks. This soundtrack has a lot of consistency. Soyo Oka really sometimes goes out there. Another one of these composers in this era that really gets experimental at times. Yeah. Some of her chords are so. If, well, if I, I were to like analyze that, it, it reminds be, me of it's like Super Mario, but like every little attribute in the Mario series is exaggerated here. Right. So as far as that B section definitely feels like Mario, but it goes even further as far as some of the chords. The da 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 um, that's great. And then just the fact that, yeah, um, Mario music oftentimes has Latin music elements, but she so exaggerates that here. And that's something I really appreciate because the Mario Kart games are a little bit more fun. They're a little bit more kind of colorful and in your face. And um, so it's helpful that there's more extreme musical elements at play. I think that underscores the game very nicely. But I really love the ending of this, all those tempo changes and how it slows down just before it speeds up. It Somehow it reminds me of a race and how, you know, you stop and start and slow down mm -hmm. really fits absolutely carl you were telling me something interesting about taro bando who's credited as one of the in the game i think they just say sound composers right um and then they feature both taro bando and soyo oka but soyo oka did the music and taro bando did yeah, the sound effects. just the sound effects in the past taro bando was credited with being also a composer but he only did sound effects still taro bando still does sound effects to mario kart to this day that's so which cool. i think is so awesome and maybe one of the reasons why maybe some of the sound design uh, as far as like sound effects has you know been fairly consistent well yeah if you think about like when you shoot a shell like a absolutely yeah mm -hmm. one last thing i want to say about soyooka one kind of fun fact is she studied at the osaka college of music and it was a really um popular and uh pivotal place of uh, music education in this era for female video game composers because at that same time some of her fellow students were the likes of Miki Higashino, Yoko Shimomura, and Junko Tamiya all studied at that college together which I think is pretty awesome. Um, so anyway let's move on now. We're going to play a track from Pokemon, Ruby, and Sapphire which is um, we actually have two GBA tracks today. We have another one later on that Will uh, really was a really big fan of, and actually I think you were a big fan of this soundtrack as well. I think on our Pokemon episode, this was the one you had the duty of listening to. Yep. This is the ending credits, ending slash credits from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, composed by Go Ichinos, Murakazu Aoki, Janichi Masuda, and Hiroko Takano. Let's take a listen.
a soft and beautiful piece of music. You guys are listening to the ending slash credits from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, composed by a bunch of talented composers in the Pokemon series. Most of these composers uh, did multiple entries, specifically Go Ichino. I think this Genisha is the best Masuda. soundtrack in the Pokemon you think so? series. Yeah. It's quite good, yeah. I think it's so really many. Fantastic. I remember this vividly. You had so many w- tracks to whittle down, and we really were only able to play a few, and there's still some great ones I think we have yet to play. Uh, on this podcast that you really like. This was one of our member you really liked. We didn't end up playing this on the Pokemon yeah, episode. Yeah, this is one of the best. It's really pretty. That melody's fantastic. It, it feels like... It almost feels orchestral for the Game Boy Advance. And how about... Let's, guys, uh, let's talk piano. about the piano implementation on the GBA. Very difficult. Remember Dave Wise was talking about how difficult it was for him to work on the GBA. Uh, not a lot you can do with samples. Uh, I don't know how these composers were able to do this, but this is... It sounds great. Yeah, I love the Game Boy Advance. The way it sounds is just so nostalgic and specific. There's yeah. nothing else like it. I agree. Well, actually, what was it? One of the the later like Amigas or something kind of mm-hmm. had a similar That's true. compression That's true. to yeah. their samples. But. So now we're going to move on to an NES game. I love this soundtrack. I absolutely love it. It's so unique. Well, I don't know how you feel about this, Will. Gimmick? With oh, an exclamation gimmick, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was one we featured on our Sunsoft episode. Um, I love the soundtrack. I want to play more in the future from this. This is composed by Masashi Kageyama and Naoshi Murata. Let's play the credits theme. Um, the name of the track is Good Night Take Two from Gimmick. Here we go. groovy track i love this you know obviously this isn't the most melodic track in the world it's really kind of about having an impressive sounding groove mainly with that awesome sampled bass that the sunsoft composers love to use on the nes this soundtrack has a lot of really great creative uses of not only the bass sample but a snare sample in certain tracks and going back and forth one thing that i think uh, really beefs up the sound of the snare drum in this song is the noise and the triangle channel used together you hear that a lot on the nes but when you have that in combination with the sampled bass man it just creates a really thick fat sound that this doesn't even sound like nes music it's i love it right well, and the cool thing about the DPCM is, like, you can switch since the bass attacks are so short. Um, mm-hmm. You can have snare samples in between them. Which this soundtrack utilizes that, too. Yeah, this is a really creative soundtrack, mainly on an implementation level. Just technically the, the sounds they're able to get. I'm really impressed with it. And I just think it's such a unique soundtrack for the NES. So let's move on, guys. Talk about unique. This is another soundtrack that, you know what? 
the music has really grown on me. It's not something that is the easiest to listen to. Uh, talk about another composer that is so experimental. This is Norio Hanzawa for the Genesis game Gunstar Heroes. I think we've only played one track before on the podcast, and there's a lot of tracks that are very dissonant and just kind of not easy to listen to, but this is a track that I think is so unique because of what it doesn't do. You're expecting different elements to come in, and it really makes you wait, and when the drums come in, and then finally the bass comes in, which is like not until like more than halfway through the song, it really makes you appreciate uh, the content that's there. So let's take a listen to this unique piece. It's The End of Battle to Outworld, which is the credits from Gunstar Heroes. like this track. It's so unique. You're listening to The End of the Battle to Outworld from Gunstar Heroes composed by Norio Hanzawa. And I just really appreciate something about this that it takes so long. It repeats that same theme over and over again. You think it's going to add more layers and then it adds one little instrument and then the drums and then finally when that bass comes in, it's like the first time that you really fully like appreciate or understand the chords and the melody. And it's something about this track just, I don't know, just kind of does it for me. What are your thoughts, Will? Yeah, I feel like some of the delay, um, it ends up clashing with uh, right. a few of the melody and notes. And that's very common and, in a lot of the soundtrack. Well, and the way that it's harmonized, sometimes I, I disagree with, because there's some dissonance that really doesn't feel intentional, just because that melody is very kind of... Um, there's a lot of that dissonance in the soundtrack. I, I do think that in this in this soundtrack, he, he definitely loved dissonance because like almost every yeah, track but, is like yeah, very I, I, dissonant. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's like he's not going for all out dissonant melodies. The melodies are very... Um, not in this track, but I think in a lot of the tracks he, he was. But I agree with you that in this track by itself, it sounds kind of out of place because if you're just listening to it, especially in the context of this playlist, I do agree with you. There definitely is clashing. Because well, I, I, I feel like there's certain notes where they're raised or lowered and they use borrowed tones, either as passing tones or mm-hmm. leading tones, but the arpeggios are still um, right. 
you know, Absolutely. they're not acknowledging that change. And then there's this sort of dissonance there that I, I it takes me out of it each time through the melody. Um, so that's that's kind of the one thing. But I do like the melody. I, I think it works. The only other thing I'm not the big fan of, I don't like how it goes up at the end duh, 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 <laughs> every single time. It feels like it needs some Yeah, it's sort definitely of not finality. a soundtrack that I would inherently think that you would necessarily enjoy. But I was glad that we were able to include this because it's one that I never was really a big fan of. And I'm starting to appreciate it more because it's so unique. And although I don't know how conscious this composer was of, you know, how he was using dissonance in the soundtrack, I appreciate um, just how unique the soundtrack is. And it's so iconic. Like when I hear a track from Gunstar Heroes, there's no denying. I know exactly what it's from, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess for me, I, I, I my philosophies are so the opposite. Like I don't like things to stand out like that. And I don't like when composers like try to look at me i'm sounding like myself just in it sometimes i feel like that can distract even from the game but one thing i do like about this piece and like i said this end credits i really like uh i um one thing i think it makes you appreciate the number of channels that's true on the genesis that it's yeah. able to keep adding those layers um it's it's really yeah. impressive one thing i didn't really realize it but looking at this playlist there's a lot of really interesting like experimental tracks today so that's kind of a nice little side of video game music that to be honest we don't really focus on that much uh, you know for good reason because you know you guys know what we really appreciate uh, about video game music especially in music is just like really great melodies and kind of timeless uh, emotions that just anyone can relate to so anyway let's move on to a soundtrack that was composed by the legendary Kanoyo Yamashita this is Mega Man X3 for the Super Nintendo let's take a listen to her credits theme here we go a happy track right there. You guys listening to the credits from Mega Man X3, composed by Kenori Yamashita. She's such a master of creating really solid, constantly harmonized melodies that just pump you up. And this is the end of the game, so it's just, it's again, it's a nice musical reward for, now this, oh my gosh, these games are so hard. So to put down the controller finally and listen to this is just going to be, you know, a treat, I think. Well, I think composers that worked uh, in the 8-bit era, specifically on the NES, were well-versed with having 
limited voices and the necessity of harmonization right to sort of convey the general yeah there's chord only structure. like three or four tones going on this track even though it's the super nintendo i mean the instruments are better but there's it's really sometimes not less many is more, more yeah. you know it, it gets too cluttered with the sustained chords it makes I the harmonies it. almost feel pointless so it's really very well harmonized and it's fun to hear harmonized guitars like this it is fun yeah no mega man x3 2 and 3 for the X series, I'm such big fans yeah, of the I mean, soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, you can't have an end credits theme without a chromatically descending <laughs> run. It's That's almost just, a law. I was listening to it, and I'm just like, oh, Waiting she's for avoiding it. it. She's avoiding it. No <laughs> major to minor four. None of sort of the... And then eventually we do have the... You do have to give it to the people. You gotta I mean, give there's the people a reason what they why. It, yeah. it feels so nostalgic. I mean... Yeah. Everybody does it. Koji Kondo does it. Nakamura does it. Hip Tanaka. Like every good video I'm game composer. I'm not going to do it. Actually, no. I've does I've done that it too. descending thing for credits. It's so this is cool. Uh, this is a really interesting, fairly obscure pick. This is an import. This is from uh, a Mega Drive game, only released in Japan. Uh, and you'd be able to tell that by the title. The title of this game is Bishoujo Senshi Sailor Moon. I'm a big fan of the soundtrack. I discovered this a long time ago, maybe in our first Imports episode, and I've been a big fan of it ever since. And it's a very obscure soundtrack, but the composer Akihata did a really good job of implementing it on the Genesis. So let's take a listen to the staff role from Sailor Moon for the Mega Drive. <laughs> Listening to Staff Roll from Bishuojo Senshi Sailor Moon for the Mega Drive, composed by Akihada. Really unique piece of music. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I like all the instruments. I like uh, really surprising chord changes, some mystery, some different emotions. Yeah, see, I, again, it's like I, 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 I get very picky when things feel close to really good, and there's some very catchy things about this that I like. Right. But there's some randomness, you know, random unintentional dissonances. And a lot of kind of uh, not the best voice leading. Uh, you have a lot of parallel octave movement with not the melody. Right. So like and a harmonized line underneath is in parallel yeah, octaves. And it just to feels be honest, that's very icky. common for the Sega Genesis. You do have a lot of those those things that you'll hear on countless Genesis soundtracks. And I, I don't know if it's that the composers didn't have um, the proper knowledge of voice leading in yeah, theory. See, that harmony right or, there was so ugly or to if, me. Or what you were saying you were listening to it is that 
they got distracted with the fact that they had so many voices that they got a little bit well, complacent. Yeah, I think sometimes there's an over-harmonization. Mm-hmm. Um, and but again, t- what's weird about it is that does almost sound like the Genesis sound in a way. Like You hear that so yeah, much. Yeah, but I don't think that's fair because I, I for the most part... In Not most the Genesis, Genesis, but a but Genesis no, sound. No, but for the most part, for even tracks that have like a level of dissonance or have a level of like a lot of harmonization, there, there's ways to do it right. I guess I'm mainly talking about I, the reason why sometimes i feel like you hear it less on the nes is because since there were only three channels if they were kind them. of forced to think about it no that's more. fair they were at, even if they weren't even if they didn't take a theory class yeah, no, using I, their ears they could kind of but hear i do want best. to talk about what works in this track i mean i agree that you know technically you know if you have a really high standard of of composition which you know everyone should if you're a composer uh there's definitely things that are missing the mark here. It is a fun track, and I really enjoy some of the surprising chord changes. And the way that he's using the Genesis, the instruments, the panning, it's just very groovy stuff. And again, it's something that is very unique um, to video game music because you wouldn't hear this kind of a composition on the Super NES or on the NES. It's so Genesis music. Uh, and you know, with all the good and bad things that go along with it. Yeah, so. I think yeah. One of the only things that bugged me is like at the beginning, I was really kind of liking that arpeggio, that ostinato, right, and the chords. And then the fact that it didn't change over some of those chords had a lot of dissonance, and that kind of rubbed me the wrong right. way. Right, and that's and just, absolutely as far as some of the chord choices. I feel like it's just like, well, I don't want to do this thing because it, it. It almost feels like it's intentionally trying to surprise you, but it's. It, to me, it's taking away a satisfying moment in no, I, the sequence. I don't fully disagree with you. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from. And again, uh, it, it's there's something I appreciate about this. Although, you know, if I really am honest, I, I have to agree that, yeah, there are some things that maybe came out of laziness or just not having proper knowledge. But it still is so enjoyable to me. Right. And I guess I'm glad that... I can still enjoy this music and those things don't like hinder my enjoyment. Yeah. So, I, I think it's just sort of a thing that I find with Genesis music a lot where it's like, there's it's a definitely lot of fun not, energy, but it, it loses a lot of the craft that to me yeah, existed. I, still I'm well aware time. that I'm much more um, kind of resonant with Genesis music than you. I know there's a lot of Genesis soundtracks that do a lot more to me uh, personally than, than but I mean, you, I love so. Takanuchi. I mean, that's way more dissonant, but there's just kind of structure and well, intention yeah, behind it. Takanuchi has such a level of craft and such a sophisticated knowledge that definitely um, a lot of other composers don't have. So let's move on to a really cool uh, soundtrack for the NES. Are you familiar with the soundtrack, Kickmaster? Kickmaster. Um, Kickmaster, no. yeah. Really cool soundtrack composed by Nobuyuki Shioda. Let's take a listen to the credits. Here we go.
That is so beautiful and so well-crafted. I know what Will's talking about. This is the credits from Kickmaster. Uh, let's take a listen to the ending, which is coming up right here. Once again, a track that has an actual a beginning, middle, and an end. This is composed by Nobuyuki Shiyoda. Yeah, I, I really like this one. I mean, the harmonization is impeccable. Again, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm always really surprised when there's like phenomenal harmonization like this on an NES because even though I know I'm very aware of what the limitations are, but I'm surprised always when you can evoke this level of almost jazz chords and very extended voicings and it has to do with making sure that that harmony line really lands on major sevenths and minor ninths mm-hmm. and the thing that's nice a lot of nes bass parts they kind of do dint do do dint dint do 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 you know it's like they're really trying right. to be rhythmic and then when they throw in arpeggios it kind of sounds like um the bass part is trying to be nimble to accent a piece of the chord that isn't being harmonized. But what I like is since this rhythm is completely constant with those arpeggios, that ba- that triangle part, it, it doesn't feel like it's trying to be too nimble. And then it allows the melody and harmony to accentuate the chords in an interesting way. I it completely, just feels so natural. I completely agree with what you're saying. I think the easiest way to say it, summarize that is it's such an effortless piece of music. Yeah. It doesn't sound like there was any stress or like, in some ways thought or care it just sounds like oh yeah perfect yeah this is exactly what i I think that's 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 the um that's the mark is it's like you you need to work really hard to to make it sound like there was no work at all natural (laughs) where i bet that um that sailor moon track was probably wasn't as Mm -hmm. crafted but almost you know what's weird it almost sounds like it's more like trying so hard because that is the humble quality of a lot of art is whether it's special effects on a movie or video game music or anything to make something feel effortless and sound just completely natural. That, okay, yeah, perfect. You don't even think about all the time and, and effort it took to you right. know to make that. You, thing, you so. don't even really hear a harmony line. You don't hear it. It just like it needs to feel it's just like good music. <laughs> every choice. That's why it's like I don't know. I listen to music where every single choice I just want to be like yes, yes, yes. And sometimes I, I think a lot of uh, composers do this, but also people who listen to music they really value surprise. But it's not that hard to surprise someone because you have if you really want to surprise someone you have every chord at your disposal if you want to surprise someone you could just play a completely dissonant chord so Mm -hmm. i don't value surprise as much as staying in the pocket and i think some people look that look at that as being formulaic but i think it's actually much harder to kind of discover what feels natural in lock into well that's a very interesting perspective i respect that let's move on to a track uh from a soundtrack that is part of a series I love. This is Ease 5, Kefin, The Lost City of Sand for the Super Famicom. This is great. Oh, such a great soundtrack. I love it so much. Uh, composed by Miko Ishikawa. Yeah, I really like the console Ease soundtrack. Oh, it's great. Yeah, they're just r- such great music. Miko Ishikawa, Naoki Kaneda, and Satoshi Arai. Let's take a listen to the credits theme. We haven't played this from Ease 5. This is Farewell.
Wow, this piece has legs, ladies and gentlemen. Another piece that keeps going uh, has beginning, middle, and we haven't even come to the end because this piece is about three minutes long. So impressive. A lot of great ideas. You're listening to Farewell, which is the credits theme from Ease 5, composed by Miko Ishikawa, Naoki Kaneda, and Satasha Arai. Ishikawa composed this uh, particular track, I believe, but just really well done. Reminiscent of other series such as Final Fantasy, you know, that's obviously going to be kind of a big influence to some of this music, but I think this is really well done. What are your thoughts on this track, Will? Yeah, I really like it. Uh, I love all the instrument choices. I feel like for some reason all the RPGs use the exact same samples. (laughs) Like Square, these are like all the Square um, samples that all Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger use. Falcom stole their instruments. No, I mean, I'm sure these must have been included on some sort of sample pack, but they don't feel like any of the Nintendo ones. You were mentioning Star Fox here. Here I get some Star Fox. But I feel like that's more with the rhythms and the chords. It's not necessarily... Love it. Yeah, no, this is such a cool track. Big fan of it. Uh, I think we should move on. Really Let's move good. on to, um, I was ta- alluding to this earlier, PC-88. We're going to feature a track from that computer system. And I was only wanted to do one. So if there's one composer I could choose from the system, why not Yuzo Koshiro, right? Let's play a track from a game, a fairly obscure game called The Scheme. A lot of people don't know this game. This is the credits theme. It's called Challenging Tomorrow. Uh, pay particular attention to... He's one of the few composers on the PC-88 to use drum samples. Uh, Let's take a listen to Challenging Tomorrow. I love Yuzo Kashiro. He's so Kashiro-ish. He doesn't even know <laughs> how Kashiro-ish he is. Oh my god. So gosh. many consonants um, flying at me with I know. that word. Sorry, sorry about that, Will. No, I'm such a big fan of this composer. When he does his thing, it gets me in my heart, in my soul. I just absolutely love it. Challenging tomorrow from PC-88 game The Scheme. Kashiro-ish is a very kind of Minnesotan way of saying it. <laughs> Kashiro-ish. I love this track. I don't know. It's very simple. Yeah, really cool. It rocks. I was joking um, during the break that, like, oh, my God, how novel to have drums. But a lot of the Falcom PC-88 music have has no, no drums. drums. Yeah. And because it, so has, because it has sampled drums and it uses that classic FM bass, yeah, this does sound like Genesis music, doesn't and it? And it sounds very different from a lot of the Falcom stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, I don't know if this was a Falcom game, actually. Oh. Ooh. Which is maybe why. Was he, like, moonlighting? Yeah, he was, I think. Wow, that's pretty cool. No, I I really like the B section, what he's doing with the chords. The way that um, the harmony line kind of leads to it feels a little bit odd to me. And then the last two chords before it returns to the form really kind of threw me out of it a little bit. But 
in general, everything else I really loved about this. Cool. Yeah, no, you kind of have your um, music critic hat on today, which I like. I I've like just, that. I've been because working I think on a sometimes, lot of music today. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to say, oh, this is great, this is great. But sometimes it's interesting to talk about maybe some things that honestly didn't do it for you. Um, well, I think it's just because on a credits music episode, um, I'm comparing... Your standards I, are My high. arms are kind of folded because, I mean, we, we're, we've done a lot of the Zeldas, a lot of the mario so it's like also i i feel like we we could potentially be accused of um over praising the 8 and 16 bit era so i i do kind of feel like a, a a nice need to um show that you know music video game music wasn't always perfect back then you know right. even though we feature it so heavily there That's were times when know, it yeah. wasn't completely perfect and i feel like sometimes we pick on modern music um so i I just kind of want to show that cool. it's always had flaws and it's always been good. Let's play the second track today from Soyo Oka. This is from Yay. Pilot Wings. I uh, love this. This is so one much. of Will's um, suggestions today. Let's take a listen to the staff roll from Pilot Wings. is so great you guys just listen to the staff roll from pilot wings composed by soyo oka and what i like about this sound this uh playlist today i didn't plan this but so many themes that we keep hearing um surprise is one of them in in experimentation and soyo oka is maybe the best example of doing all that stuff but still having the craft uh, there's something interesting about this well, piece. You where, don't realize that it's experimental. Yeah, until there's you start so many like it. weird like slash chords and like suspensions that hold longer than you know I'm what? expecting. It, it really it's reminds so me of John Williams, especially right. at the end. The way that every one of those chord moments was as dense as it could be. You mm -hmm. know, accented basically full major seventh chords or seventh chords for the ones that were minor, um, but just so kind of dense the way they move. That's something that um, right. John does a lot and it feels so natural, but Johnny she's Boy. just a, a, a master. And what I love is the beginning. It's so authentically like a military march. I think the the thing that really convinces me is that that little you have like, the, trumpet line. Just the lone snare drum doing right. rolls. Well, just because I, I played trumpet um, in band and we played a lot of music like this for like marching band type of music. You didn't and that, play Pilot Wings music that, though? That type of line just really was like, oh my gosh, that's so authentic. And one of my favorite moments is there's a certain point when um, 
it modulates by a half step and then it gets more jazzy. I know exactly. And to me, that's about. when the spirit of pilot wings comes alive. Yeah. And I love hearing that trumpet line, which bridges the militaristic part with the more yeah, jazzy the, in, part going down. That was really in a speaking moment. of Soyooka in um, in experimentation. There's so many tracks in this soundtrack, really jazzy tracks that have so much modulation and just really out there jazz right. changes. This is a composer that is not doing things by the books. Yeah, it, at it's all. cool. Like it, it mixes jazz with sort of a yeah, little I'm, bit of marching band music but it also you know it has that like pomp and circumstance quality the it really straddles an interesting line between feeling traditional in that sense but also just going off yeah in i don't know if places. you know at the the end credits of this game is actually sort of it's like a cut scene it's kind of cool oh, yeah. it shows you like walking down through a hall um you know like so this music really fits that um, yeah it, it's very fitting all right, guys, it's very exciting. It's now time to move on to this week's track of the week. And, you know, although we, we said we're going to do old school 8-bit and 16-bit music, this is an interesting choice because technically it is, but it's a game that just came out. Of course, we're talking about Shovel Knight, composed wonderfully by Jake Kaufman. A uh, little bit of help from Anami Matsume, but this is one of his tracks. It's a reprise of pretty much the main theme of the game. This is the credits a reprise of that theme. Yeah, and things it's get so pretty good. interesting as it goes on. Things I really get real. Love this things one. get real. Take and a this listen really to this. almost is the definitive version of that. I agree. This theme. is the credits theme from Shovel Knight by Jay Kaufman. <laughs> Still some cool things to come from this track, but we're going to fade it down and talk while it happens. This is the reprise credits from Shovel Knight, composed by Jake Kaufman. Man, this is a banging track. He's just blasting this. It's so loud. All of his soundtracks are so very loud and rocking. Um, wow. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this piece musically. It's such a great theme, and um, you hear it so much in the game, these little kind of... You know, when you beat a level, there's like so many different kind of harkens to this main theme. Well, something I was very impressed with by Jake in this game is I felt like there's so much effort put into it. Um, not only great melodies, but, um, you know, oftentimes music where it's trying to have that kind of medieval sound. That's something oh, yeah. you hear a lot of that Dorian mode. But I actually, I'm convinced, maybe not for this specific track, but I do think he kind of studied 
Renaissance music and medieval music because there's certain modal qualities, especially that one that one um, kind of battle theme when you're out in the world. That dun, dun, yeah, dun, I know dun, what you're dun, saying, dun, man. Dun, 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 That's dun, definitely like an very... interesting thing that probably most people wouldn't have expected yeah. from listening to this because it rocks so and much. And it's again, it makes me feel like old '80s or '90s video game music where it's combining these different sensibilities and it's all in this very presentable, catchy pop rock aesthetic and i love yeah, that about it absolutely and it's like this theme is so great and it could be in kind of like a camelot type film um just the nature of kind of the melody and everything yeah, if you but orchestrated it's so this, this would be a great mm-hmm. theme for a film well, if you know like the kickstarter trailer it was orchestral right, right, and it right. started bum 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 da, 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 which is perfect da, for a kickstarter da, trailer da, isn't da, it yeah da, 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 so now guys we're going to move on to um one of my close contenders i i thought this maybe could have been track of the week as well but it's a little bit unfair this is sonic the hedgehog staff role from the first sonic game composed by masato nakamura and in sonic tradition i mean he only did it twice because he only worked on two games there's a really great medley of all the themes of this game and for that reason it's kind of unfair because it's pretty much like yeah this is going to be great because it has classic themes but i really like the the first kind of little jingle you hear that's kind of the all clear jingle before he goes into the medley so good we've played the sonic 2 one before probably in credits one or two um we have never played this on the podcast i love it this is the staff role from Sonic 1 for the Genesis composed by Masato Nakamura. And that, folks, is how it's done. 
Oh yeah. my gosh! This what man a knows exactly what he's doing. Nothing is haphazard. Everything is done with the utmost of intention, and it's so natural. The, to me, this is the best example of that kind of medley technique at the end of a video game. It helps that so many of the tracks, maybe even all of them, are in the exact same key, which is so nice. But also, these melodies are so classic. Some and of it the just best so in gaming that a lot of them start off with these very iconic sequences of notes. So to hear that them back to back and to hear only the most like punchy parts of those melodies right. is just mind-blowing because well, if you notice uh the moment that really struck me was when it went to labyrinth zone and then when it went to starlight because both of those um he starts the medley off by only featuring the melody it goes, yeah um da, 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 da. and then the other one he goes da 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 marble and, and like, then starlight really yeah. hits absolutely hits yeah super no hard. it's so cool and i understand why now you really wanted me to do this on sonic volume four because like there is something powerful about but you know it, it is never really going to be able to get to this no, level it's, it's unless impossible. they're all in the same key and in, it's almost like it seems like he must have had that idea from the start of wanting to do I this have no idea it's otherwise it's just the best luck that all these songs transition so well and again he knows exactly where in the phrase to jump to it feels almost it's like he has the it feels like he has the experience of like a skilled veteran film composer like if john williams also, when he does Medleys. I'm glad I'm glad we got to play this because I love that dun, 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 dun. that's such yeah. a happy melody and I also love the kind of the the full reprise yeah, version of the main part theme. of that is the da, 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 da. Yep. That, I I love that yeah so now very fantastic there's no kind of the the awkward glue there's never like right. too many points where it's like ugh now we're jumping to this one or whoa like it's just so smooth it almost feels like if you hadn't heard any of those themes it would probably take you like 50 seconds to think that oh these are yeah. other Right. melodies no it's kind of a textbook uh case of oh this is how you do a medley so now let's move on to another of will's suggestions uh this has been track of the week in the past a long time ago this is super mario brothers 2 for the nes composed by ko koji kondo uh, i'm not familiar with that name but this is the ending and credits let's take a listen You're listening to the ending and credits theme from Super Mario Bros. 2 for the NES, composed by Koji Kondo. Um, I, for me, uh, I think I probably spend a little bit more time playing the All-Stars version of this game. Um, but yeah, it's cool to hear this original version because it's so impressive that he's consciously... Li- 
doing even less voices than you can have on the he's there's no triangle here it's just this really beautiful alberti bass it's, it sounds like a like something you'd like a uh, piano etude you teach to a little kid well, he needed beautiful. to do that because spoiler alert if you haven't played this game it was all a dream which oh i know is kind of gosh, a cop out but well, at the end it, it shows mario sleeping and this is a perfect little lullaby the triangle um with all its overtones and just kind of how loud it is would really take you out of that and yeah. this is so elegant and sweet and also you're able to have one timbre which makes it feel kind of like the higher upper octaves on a piano but this is just this is one of the best themes in a game like it's mm-hmm. so powerful again it's like it's way 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 better than almost anything else in video games it it gets to that level of just being wonderful as a piece of music something that can stand up along some of the best And melodies. I think what's impressive is how simple it is. You know, this this is not, unlike a lot of the really cool tracks today, not experimental, not trying to, like, do crazy things. Well, I guess know? it's kind of like when I hear a really pure comedian, like a Jerry Seinfeld, where, it, you know, it's like, I think... A lot of people give, um, just like how people give Koji Kondo flack, where it's like, well, they're doing something so simple. How come I never thought of that? But it's like, that's what makes it so impressive, is it's so pure. It's so, like, special. That's an interesting um, analogy. I really feel that way. You know, I feel like traditional stand-up comics, you you know, I love people like Louis C.K., but... You know, for example, he he much more is like internal and has his fingerprints all over his jokes, where someone like a Jerry Seinfeld is just very pure. And I feel like that's similar to how like Koji Kondo just has these well, one thing, brilliant another linkage that, them. that it's interesting you say that is because I know for a fact that Louis and a lot of his contemporary um, comedians really respect Jerry and oh, that's yeah. kind of the the person that they look up to and I think composers would feel the same way about Koji Kondo even though the some people non-composers might say oh, Koji same. Kondo like what's John, that guy? It's like a John Williams I think if you you're know, a composer if you you're look probably at Hans Zimmer him. he really loves John Williams and right. really respects him and think he's the best composer That kind of makes sense so now let's move on to the last um, or not the second to last we're going to have two more Sega Genesis tracks today we're approaching the end of today's episode we have three more tracks to talk about this is Golden Axe 2 composed by Neofumi Hataya. Let's take a listen to the credits. One thing I want you guys to pay attention is this game came out just months after Streets of Rage, which obviously made a really big splash musically. So I kind of think that this credits theme was kind of inspired uh, by the music of Yuzo in his Streets of Rage game. Let's take a listen to the credits from Golden Axe 2.
cool track. I'm a really big fan of some of the chords there. This yeah, is those unresolved suspensions are beautiful. Very nice. Yeah, do you guys see what I mean with some Streets of Rage influence? Very vibey, atmospheric stuff. This is credits from Golden X2, but obviously there's a solid groove. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this, that, that was a tough act to follow. I mean, nobody can... Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of purposely <sighs> put this here because, like, almost any track going after that Mario 2 track is just going to be it's underwhelming. It's like a sacrificial lamb. So, yeah, it you, you got to sacrifice this track. It needs to be a, a, a palate cleanser. So, with that said, I think we can move on. Um, let's play... I love this. This is from Kirby's Dreamland 3. And um, I was just listening through a lot of this soundtrack. Oh, cool, today. man. I really love it. I you know how much I love it. Yeah, you guys, if you've heard, you know, I'm working on a Kirby tribute album. I think my Finished favorite track, track so far is the I really love the B section. It's so beautiful. You played that on the Grassland two weeks ago. Yeah, Grassland two. On a show and tell episode. Yeah, I that might be my favorite too. But yeah, love the soundtrack. I'm having a great time with the project that I'm doing. It's such a stress free project, and I'm I'm actually ripped all the samples from this game, so all the tracks are going to have uh, kind of a sound like Kirby's Dream on 3. This is the credits composed by the wonderful Jun Ishikawa. Love that melody. Love the delay. Oh my gosh. Uh, so reminiscent of, you know, themes like Grassland 2. Uh, very similar, um, obviously, instruments, but chords, rhythms, uh, melodic contours. I love that about Johnny Shikawa. He's really creating a consistent soundtrack that kind of follows you through this whole journey. This is the credits theme from Kirby's Dreamland 3, one of my favorite soundtracks. Yeah, I mean, the first few notes, it's like, reminds me of the rhythms of that mm-hmm. Grassland 2. How he has the quarter notes. And the dun, other thing dun, is dun, that that track has that And this one has it too with the brass. I actually, the track I just finished, guys, I just finished the second track from this album, and I kind of incorporated that. I don't know if you heard that well. I showed that to you today. Oh, no, that track was very much like Grassland. Yeah, I wanted to have at least one it. kind of slow, groovy track. Well, even instrumentally, like the um, the rhythms in the A section are similar, and then your B section has those strings. Yep. 
Absolutely. So now let's play the last track we're going to talk about. This is Super Fantasy Zone. Are you happy this is going to make a comeback on this podcast? Well, composed by Naoki Kadaka. We love how fun this is uh, for Genesis. This is the staff role from Super Fantasy Zone. Well, thanks so much, guys, for joining us at our third look at outstanding credits music in video games. Uh, we had a great time today. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. Really kind of interesting, the the way that the discussion went today. Just played some experimental stuff, played some absolutely classic stuff. I had a great time. Yeah, credits music is so fantastic. Uh, please stick with us. The season is almost over. We have an exciting always, finale. Won't give it away. Yeah, we have really cool, cool stuff Cool episode happening. next week. Uh yeah, something I wanted to just say. I wanted to thank anyone um, who supported our Indiegogo campaign for Fireflower. We concluded our series of shows last week, and so it, it's a bittersweet moment. But we had a lot of fun. Thank you if you came out to see it, and one if of you them were was recorded. To, yeah, yeah, we 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 have it filmed. So in the upcoming weeks and months, we will uh, definitely be trying to share Probably that with upload that most likely you to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, um, another thing that I wanted to say is um, pretty soon here, uh, I'm going to be going away to college. So Carl and I are going to be in different cities. Um, don't worry, it won't affect the podcast. We will still be having an episode every week. We'll just be recording them remotely. But I, I don't know, this is just kind of a, an emotional time for me. So I just wanted to say take time to say uh thank you guys all of you fans you've made uh the last few years so special for me so i really look forward to uh continuing this show and hopefully it won't feel any different for yeah you i don't guys. think it'll feel very different for you guys i'm looking forward to a new kind of maybe uh energy that we'll have from you know not being in the same room together but still recording it together i think that'll be um a lot of fun i'm looking forward to this new chapter obviously very happy and proud of you will looking forward to um seeing what you can do uh let's play you guys out with a track this is another suggestion by will from the legend of zelda the minish cap for the gba this is the credits composed by mitsuhiko takano have a great week guys and we'll see you for our finale next week yeah come back next week it's going to be really awesome have a great week everybody peace out (laughs) 